What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the Anthony Sabatino Show. We have here Taylor. We're going to have some really interesting insights and conversations on an industry that is pretty prevalent. I have a lot of new, exciting information coming out of it. So I want to just introduce her and have her give a little bit of context on you know, what she does. Absolutely. Anthony, thank you so much for having me. Of course. So why don't we just, I like to always intro the show this way, just so the audience can get a little bit of information and context on who we're speaking with and, you know, what the conversation is going to base around. So, and, you know, your own words, a little nutshell conversation of what you do, what you're about, and then we'll kind of take it from there. Absolutely. So I am actually the chief executive officer of Mood Incorporated. We are a dietary supplement and cosmetics brand. We are in the wellness space for obvious reasons. Um, we've started in the sleep category to help put the world in a better mood through having really great sleep. Um, I have a background, a really strong background in the fitness industry. I started there, developed my own cosmetics line back in 2013, 2014, and just things ever since then have just been an ever evolving journey. And it's been, it's been quite fun, honestly. I can imagine. I can imagine. So speaking on that to piggyback off of that so where did you feel like that entrepreneurial journey kind of started from where did it stem from is there any one moment because i know a lot of different business owners have something that just clicks for them and then it's off to the races from there anything like that for you you know as cliche as it maybe sounds i think i came out the womb wired like this i come from a family i think it's in my dna of entrepreneurs from my great-grandparents all the way down um, so it's something that's just kind of been bred into me. I started my first business, gosh, I was probably eight, nine years old. I had a lemonade stand. I hired my first employee, had the older kids going and taking my street signs and flyers further in the neighborhood than I could go. Um, and then I had a blanket business. I mean, it's just been from day one, truly. That's so interesting. And how, not, not first, not cliche, that everything, everybody has like that context to it, right? Like your lemonade stand experience is completely different from somebody else's, but it's so genuine in that a lot of people start out that way because the spirit's in it, I think, you know, the, the nuance of doing it is what's important and then just builds from there. So you had mentioned a little bit about, you know, you got into the fitness space in the beginning, things like that, and you're almost in the wellness area now as well. But, you know, walk us through a little bit on what that was like, you know, where do you kind of feel that the health portion of things walk you into something that you're doing now? So I started competing actually in the fitness industry. My parents were driving me to a trainer before I could even drive. Um, so this started at a very, very young age. I was extremely passionate about wellness and fitness and that entire industry, truly. Um, you know, when you feel good, you look good. It's just, it's healthy well-being is what I'm all about mental, mentally and physically, truly. Um, so that started, gosh, 15 years old. I couldn't even drive. Um, I did my first competition by the time I was 18. And then I'll tell the funny story if you want to hear it. So I actually, my first product I ever created under Skinbius was called Skinbeat. And essentially I repackaged and filed a patent pending on preparation H. <laughs> if you're ready for this, um, preparation H stinks to high heaven. Um, if you've ever had to the smell preparation age, it's got a shark oil, fish oil component to it that just smells. And way back in the day, the supermodels used to use it, newscasters would use it under their eyes for puffy eye bags. And it would really help um, the appearance of puffiness and subcutaneous water, believe it or not. So when you're going to compete and you're competing in these bikinis, we would wrap in saran wrap with preparation age. Now, I'm not recommending anyone do this. Please don't. <laughs> um, we would wrap our legs and stomach in it. And, you know, the results were just absolutely incredible. But you would sweat when you sleep. 
was the most God awful smell. And I thought, oh my God, there has got to be a better way here because I can't go to bed like this any longer. And, you know, here's this entrepreneurial light bulb fixing a legitimate problem myself and all my girlfriends were having at the time. And I sweet talked to chemist and I actually repackaged preparation H in my kitchen, as scary as that sounds. Um, without the shark oil, I completely reformulated it, discovered the peptide that was in the original preparation H and used that same recommended use level. And off to the races I went, we were slinging butt cream out our trunk at the gym. It was <laughs> quite the story. So that was step one that turned into competition tanning products. We really revolutionized the industry with stink-free tanning. And it's just one innovation after the other till now, you know, we're extremely sophisticated third generation compound pharmacist formulated products. I mean, we have gone light years since 2012, 2013, and it's just been an incredible journey, truly. Yeah, I can imagine. And I think what sticks out to me there, I need to, you know, repackaging everything in your kitchen and like reformulizing everything. I'm sure innovation is probably the first thing in your mind, right? How can we shift this on our own spin and package everything and make it our own, but in a much better way. And I think that constant, you know, focus and prioritization of innovation is something that drives a lot of people, especially the successful, you know, entrepreneurs. Yeah, yeah, if you want to speak to that. You want to focus on, you know, solving a problem. Absolutely. We're not in this just to make a bunch of money. That's not the purpose is, you know, you're paid in direct proportion to the problems that you solve. I think Elon Musk says it best. Truly focus on the problem and focus solving those problems and the money will follow. 100% agreed. And even kind of like what you were saying, where it was a thing that you were experiencing, right? So you almost solved your own problem. One thing I heard once was one of the best ways you can formulate a business is like scratching your own itch, right? Like that was like the analogy that they gave. And this is kind of a perfect example of that and that you experienced the downfall, created the solution to it, and then built it up from there and built it on top of the innovation behind it, which is really interesting. And just as a quick sidebar on that, this business is still functional today or is this something different now? It evolved. So it's been an ever evolving thing. Um, so we got into contract co-packing and manufacturing. We white label for a ton of other brands in the supplement and cosmetic space. So this thing really, really took on a whole world of its own really. And now I'm at a place where building my own brand in the wellness category has been a dream come true. We're able to do this in a very big way and execute from a very educated perspective. Um, and so the time is now we actually brought mood to market in January of 2020. Um, and then of course the pandemic hit and things were kind of delayed, but we started with three formulations and three very specific mood categories. I'm not going to reveal all of them, but we kind of pulled back. And now, you know, the time is now that we're putting a significant amount of horsepower behind the marketing and branding. And one of those three categories that we started with back in 2020, pre-pandemic was sleep. It affects everything. Um, every waking moment of every day, if you're sleep deprived, you, you feel it, you're running on fumes. Um, and it seems like, you know, given everything that's gone on, this is a this is a real issue right now um, that's affecting every walk of life, really, from stay-at-home moms, big-time executives. I mean, everyone. Yeah, absolutely. And so let's even take almost a step back. Can we have almost a more, I'm even curious myself, more of a detailed explanation behind what mood is, right? Are we talking something essential oil? Are we talking a lotion? Like, give us some description on that. Okay, so without revealing too many future plans here, sure. um, we are an experienced brand. 
So when you think of mood, I want you to think of a sleep ritual and a sleep experience. So we're more than just one product. We're an entire ritual, if you will. So mood is designed to be used in conjunction with several different products. Not that one individual product isn't effective and efficacy on its own, because it certainly is, but we are a true user experience brand. We have some, some incredibly exciting things planned um, that just takes this quote unquote user experience to the absolute next level. I've never seen it done with products before. And this has been, you know, two and a half years in the making. I cannot, cannot wait to reveal to the world the rest of what we have coming. But we really are truly a entire sleep experience um, from dietary supplements to cosmetics. You know, when you take your bath, you relax with new products. When you get out of the bath, then you take our dietary supplements to go to sleep. Really interesting, really interesting. And I think a few minutes ago, we even spoke about it in the sense that it's a space that, you know, you know, we moms or executives, like everybody's struggling in some way, shape or form, regardless of, you know, what's going on in the outside world right now. I think it's always kind of been an issue in many people's lives, but maybe it's becoming more exploited now. And having something like this as a solution can really break a mold in a good way, you know? Absolutely. You know, it's something here again, I personally have experienced, not that I just create products for my own individual use, yeah. but it's, there's so many, I have girlfriends and executives that all, you know, are really struggling with occasional restlessness or sleepiness, sleeplessness. And this is something that we really, really want to change. And we want to change from a more natural, holistic approach um, than the other side of things. I love that. I love that. So you were talking a little bit about, you know, the sleep like the benefits in reality, right, of having a well-rested demeanor, right, and, and getting everything that comes along with that. Anything that maybe isn't pure common sense other than just energy levels, right, anything that you've maybe found in your own life or, or anything like that, or maybe even something that you're out to accomplish through mood that having that experience would give you. Right. Absolutely. We know sleep affects everything without getting into medical claims. We're not allowed to make those. Um, it affects every, every moment, your thought processes, your God, reaction time. I mean, everything. Think about it. When you wake up with no sleep, you feel horrible. Yeah. It's on. Yeah. You're no, you're percent right. And to me, like, so I, have you found routines almost bolster something that is an experience or a product? Right. Cause I think, yeah. Get yeah, If you want to speak to routines a little bit. Oh, you hit the nail on the head. I have a very, very serious sleep routine every night. It is absolutely imperative, which, you know, here drove the whole part behind, you know, this is an experience brand. We want a sleep ritual. We want, when you think of mood, to think of the ultimate sleep experience from your bathtub to your body lotion, to taking our supplements and passing out. It is the ultimate luxury experience that everyone should be able to to have truthfully makes a lot of sense so in your head you kind of picture it what as the luxurious experience or is it something more along the lines of like everybody can use it so we're affordable i'm not going to say that we are a cheap brand because we're not we believe in very high quality ingredients then you know truly you do get what you pay for we took an extreme focus on sourcing quality extracts botanicals herbals and ingredients um, for, so from that standpoint, I would say we're kind of middle to higher end market. Um, we haven't priced ourselves out that we're out of specific demographics as far as those price ranges, um, but we are not cheap either. Um, I did not want to bring a synthetic 
craft product to market. I wanted to bring something that I can stand behind and I know that our users are getting the ultimate customer experience from. So we bear no expense or spare no expense with pricing and the extracts and the components in our products. Makes complete sense. And I think the consumer would appreciate that. And I think just hearing the ins and outs, even just on this podcast, but you know, any other, you know, form of marketing that you end up doing for Mood as well as yourself, hearing that process from a consumer standpoint is actually soothing. It actually makes you feel good about buying it. You know what I mean? I, yeah, I think a lot of brands make that weird distinction where they think that affordability is the, uh, you know, the end all be all. And they're pushing on that so hard that they forget about the other end of the spectrum. And I'm glad that you're, you're seeing the balance of it even more, but also really putting a big pressure on the fact that this is a high quality thing and it's going to help you. Are we going to put a price on health? I mean, Anthony, really, what is good? What is, what is a good night's rest worth to you? What does that mean for tomorrow? You know, what does that mean for your productivity? Can we put a price on that? We're going to spend, you know, six or $7 every morning going through a Starbucks drive-through. Now I'm, I'm saying here, here's something that is going to contribute to an incredible night's rest. Put a dollar amount on it. No, you're hundred percent right. And I think, so one of the things that just came to mind with that is a lot of people who really believe in a, cause I'm sure at the end of the day, what you're shooting for, right. With this amazing night's sleep and experience that you're creating that sets you up for the next day, that next day you want to ideally be extremely productive at your max ability, right. Your full capacity of potential. A lot of people of a lot of influence and just a lot of economic success as well as influential success will always put a prioritization on a winding down routine, kind of what we alluded to before, right? As opposed to just a morning routine that has been romanticized across everywhere, you know, to mankind. So I think what you're really leaning into with mood and what we've spoken about so far is part of that winding down routine, which I think only becomes more and more, you know, prevalent in everyday society when we start realizing that there are actual businesses built around the wind down routine and it helps and directly associates your next day. And when people really start to believe in that, like they started to believe in the romanticization of a morning routine, right? Like waking up at 5 a.m., hitting the gym, like that's all become so, you know, sexy in everyday life. The winding down hasn't had that same kind of pull yet, but I really see where you're going with it. And that's really interesting. And I think just the influence that you can have an entire industry coming from someone who's just walking right in, who's had so much experience in your space is really, is really powerful. I'm, we're so excited. The sky is the limit, truly. You know, 50 plus million Americans struggle with occasional restlessness or sleeplessness. And it's, I mean, it's growing by the day, truly. And once you know, just like you said, I mean, you said it perfectly, it starts with the night routine. The night routine triggers the morning routine, you know? So that's, we're really hitting cause and effect here. Yeah, I love, I love that. So one of the things too that I really believe in, in, in I guess the wellness space is when you look at a cause and effect lifestyle, right? A lot of people, they just, they're in full reaction mode all the time, which might be a derivative of maybe not having a great experience at night um, and waking up and already feeling a step behind, right? And if you look at all these little derivatives, I'm using the term derivative kind of loosely here, but if you look at these little branches of what a winding down routine and, you know, something that you can supplement with mood and things associated can give you, you start opening your perspective to what this industry is. I think that's what people kind of need. That's where I'm going with this, right? I think people need to begin pushing into that and seeing how wide your perspective can become. 
Absolutely. And God, it's, I just, I can't say it enough how serious sleep is. And like I said, I take it extremely serious because I know how big of an impact that's going to have on my productivity the next day. And if I don't need a third cup of coffee or a fourth cup of coffee, that means the world to me, truly, to be able to function properly the way that my body's intended to and be well rested. I mean, my decisions and running a company are, it's imperative that I am, I am there and put together to succeed for that day. 100%. And so to kind of go down that route for a second. So we have a very entrepreneurial type audience, right? A lot of people that are listening are in that small to medium sized business realm. And I think it's important coming from your experience in just a pure business world, right? Like let alone health benefits, things like that, that we shouldn't get too deep into. Let's like almost as a CEO mindset, right? Anything that you found in your experience that is specific to you that you learned that really shaped you, whether it be in the beginning, now in the middle, anywhere, I think a lot of people are urged, they, they really do want just one little insight that changes them. And I think hearing it from different people can help. Um, anything on your end that really clicked for you at a certain moment that maybe shifted your path? It's been an ever evolving journey from day one. I have always, I've been very, very fortunate to have a very, very strong sense of purpose um, mm. at a very, very young age. And I know so many people aren't necessarily blessed with that. Hey, I know where I'm going. I know what I'm supposed to do. I've had that for a really long time. Like I have felt compelled and pulled to my purpose. And I think a lot of entrepreneurs or, you know, people starting early on in business, they feel like you're supposed to just have this light bulb and this aha moment. And there's without a doubt, this is what you're supposed to be doing. And you have to love every aspect of your business. There are things that I do on a daily basis that I don't necessarily enjoy doing. That doesn't mean that this isn't my purpose. And that's where I think a lot of people kind of can miss the boat at times is, well, I'm not really passionate about this area, but I love this area. Well, in order to get to where you need to go, you have to do the things that you maybe not don't want to do. Um, and there's going to be portions of your business that you're incredibly passionate about and others that just quite frankly suck. It's just part of it. Um, and that for me has been, you know, I have always known I'm going to run my own company and I'm going to make the world a better place. And here's the vehicle I'm in. And this is my purpose. That's so that's an amazing, amazing answer. Cause most people are in that boat where they're, they're in that state of confusion and just think about it, right? The amount of maybe even confusions that you've experienced in your years, but for sure me, and definitely a lot of people who are listening in that there's that pull right? That push and pull game of you have such purpose and passion, this one little, you know, area of this business that you know is worth going all in on. And there's all these other branches that seem like they're pulling you down and they're pulling you back from what you think the purpose is supposed to be. So you're trying to figure out how to run a business at the same time with fulfilling what, you know, you want to fulfill. To me, so we focus, like my company, a ton on delegation, right? We've done a, a ton of consulting on delegation. And a post I actually just made today on Instagram has a lot to do with that in the sense that I think there's always those moments where there's something in your business that isn't going well. You're not the best at it is the key, right? And how well can you put someone in that position? Talk to us a little bit about if you've ever had a situation where that happened and you almost felt that you wanted someone else. I don't know if you've ever experienced something like that where you kind of wanted someone else to fill those shoes in another task that maybe you didn't love. Sure. And, you know, when we start talking about productivity and time allocation, absolutely, it's imperative to run a successful organization as you need to know the quicker you can identify your weak areas, 
the faster you can position yourself and put people in those positions that can pull their weight. And when you can recognize, and a lot of people have trouble doing this, like, hey, I may not be great at this and I need help, you know, but that's not to get confused with, I don't want to do it, if that makes sense. And can we address just social media in general right now with this facade we have on Instagram of all these rented Lamborghinis and yachts and, and mansions for the weekend? I think it paints this picture to a lot of young startups that entrepreneurship and starting your own company should be easy. It should be this overnight instant gratification, you know, success fairy tale. And that's just really not reality. And there's nothing wrong with you. It's supposed to be hard. It's these con artists out painting these fictitious pictures that are not realistic. That doesn't mean you quit. This is a very, very hard and long road and I don't care, there is no overnight success. Um, this is years of preparation and then all of a sudden you're just attached to a rocket ship. That's really what happens. And I just feel like social media has done such an injustice, especially to so much of the young generation that this is supposed to be a snap your fingers and you know maybe I'm just not cut out for this or this isn't my passion because I should be a millionaire tomorrow when that's just not reality. It's definitely not. And I love that you brought that up to touch on because it's a part of the process, right? And the PRing, right, is basically what's going on on Instagram, that everybody's choosing how to present themselves. And like you said, a perfect word, it's a facade, right? And the more that you understand how to run a company, the less that you see the value in that. And what's weird is a lot of the people who are drawn to that type of, you know, the yachts, the partying, the normal, you know, fictitious thing that we paint the picture of, we realize that that's, it has no depth to it. it. All it actually is, is the PR. All it actually is, is the Yeah, and, and so like, I think one of the best ways that you can almost surpass this, and maybe you can speak to this too, in your opinion, I really believe in outside of Instagram, just running your company and then documenting what that looks like, which is it kind of takes away the need to PR it and present it in a better light. Do you know what I mean? Not that you shouldn't present yourself in a better light, you should, of course, yeah. yeah you have to make so much noise. Right. Um, that, I mean, you've got to be so loud, obnoxious, because if you're not willing to talk about your company, how on God's green earth can you expect anybody else to want to? You have got to be your own biggest cheerleader to the point that you probably feel like I look like a crazy person on here. Yeah. That's the reality of it, especially with a startup. You have got to get loud, 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 and be very proud of what it is that you're representing or you know, whether it's a service, a product, whatever it may be in your business. I think you're 100% right, and I, and I really resonate with what you just said, too. Here's something that I've learned with even some of my clients, with people even that I know in the business world, that hear that, and it makes sense to them, but then the execution of it sometimes falls a little short, and I think a lot of reason why that's the case is because many times, especially in the startup phase, you don't necessarily feel like you're worthy enough to make that much noise, which is an interesting little mental block a lot of people have, but you can see it clearly in people's content or their brand image. I was curious, you know, if any of you here think of that and have any opinions on it or maybe even experience it yourself. Well, imposter syndrome. Absolutely. Right. I think everyone at some point in their life will suffer some form of it, if you will. Sure. Uh, that is for dang sure. I mean, I think it's kind of rampant. And I think truly that we focus so much on failing in the startup of what if I fail and all these what if thoughts that creep in intrusive thoughts and instead of focusing on what do I have to lose the focus needs to be shifted of what do I have to gain you know if, if I'm, I'm letting the fear of failure keep me from this much potential upside 
it's absolutely crazy. And I think shifting that perspective of what if I fail to, what do I have to gain? It's, it's incredible, you know? And I mean, there's psychology books written on this about how we're, we're more afraid of what little bit we might lose that we're not capable or nor do we want or comfortable. What is the word I'm looking for, Anthony? I'm working, I'm trying for you, I don't know. We're afraid of, what, we're, we're too afraid of what we're going to lose that we won't focus on the potential upside. We completely lose sight of what's to gain on the other side of that fear factor. That makes complete sense. I'm, 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 I'm sorry, I'm thinking about the word that describes that too. Um, but I think in essence, what you're, what you're encapsulating, right, is that, that difference between actually having the perspective of abundance versus lack. And yes. I think, right. And so when people are in that, so you have to remember, like the way our brains are working, like we have a 2 million year old brain that's designed to keep us safe and that's associated to everything. So, you know, when we're living, we're operating every day, trying to make sure that we're not going to die and that we're going to survive, it puts us in these fear states automatically. And that just is what it is. So it's more about catching ourselves. And one of the things I say all the time in my content too, is it's more of a recommitment game, right? Than it is than a perfect, right? There's, there is no perfect. We're always going to fall back into the defaults we have. And those proclivities are always going to be there, but then it's a matter of how well can we play back to where we're supposed to be with the awareness of it. And I'm sure in your experiences, right, you know, the awareness of what you're doing is, is so key, which then probably gave you the confidence and the courage to make all that noise, right, that you were inferring. Right, absolutely. And just knowing that if I don't make the noise, no one else is going to do it for me. I mean, you've got to get that kind of confidence. You don't want to buy from an unconfident company, especially in the product sector, nor do you want to hire a consultant that's not confident in his capabilities. That's not to say that there isn't a fear factor, that you're not going to be afraid that those intrusive thoughts aren't going to creep in because they very much so are. We're human. It's going to happen, but it's the ability to overcome those types of thoughts. 100%. And so from there, right, because you kind of said it with a product business, have you experienced, because I've never ran a product business. I've worked with a few of them in, in a consulting fashion, but I've never obviously owned one. Um, has there been anything that you kind of, expected going into a product business that while you were in it, you're like, wow, I didn't expect that. Whether it be wholesalers, things like that, like different relationships and networks you have to have communications with. Anything that kind of shocked your system? Uh, the financial sector behind it. Mm. There are some cutthroat characters out there, let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> Please tell me. Yeah. That side of things can get a little bit hairy if you don't have the right partners. Um, that has been one of our crazy wild experiences one day we might have to write a book about. Um, but you know, you can have a really great creative product, you can have distribution, you can have sales, but if you don't have the right financial relationships, especially when you start talking big box distribution, um, it can be a very, very scary space to try to navigate. Um, not talking shit about the financial world because there's some really great firms out there and we're fortunate enough to work with a few of them, but you just, you do, you have to approach with caution. And that was the real shock factor for me. You know, I come from family of very honest people and we do what we say we're going to do. And just learning this side of the business um, world has been truly eye-opening. Um, so yeah, that would, that would definitely be mine. That makes sense. And, and so one company that I work with, um, worked on Wall Street, New York City, very financial based. And I, I could feel that from even the conversations that we had. We didn't talk a ton of numbers or anything, but just the demeanor of conversation and the issues and the benefits right, that they experienced was 
completely aligning with what you just said. Um, it can be very cutthroat. It can be very strict and, you know, just, I hate to use the word white collar, but it, it really just is very just point blank how it is and anything that comes in that's different, it'd be very difficult to, you know, overcome. Um, but I'm glad that that's kind of your answer. Um, that makes a lot of sense to me. Um, where do you kind of see, and you can feel free to keep this as simple, simplistic and without any details as possible, but any big ambition behind mood that is your ultimate journey outside of any, you know, different products coming out, anything like that, like more of a macro style. Is there anything that you're really out to accomplish that, you know, is in your head as your main mission? Building community. That's, that's our mission is a community that's got a very strong sense of purpose to make the world a better place in a positive light. That's definitely the big picture and the big goal here. I love that. Are you, are you just out of my own curiosity, are you doing anything in terms of community, like, like a big group or someone that have access to anything like that with like you or production or distribution, anything like that? Yes, without getting into too many details, yes, we've got some pretty incredible things started and planned for the future in regards to that, that's for sure. I love that. And I'm glad that you kept it, you know, you hit the details on purpose, which I'm glad you did, because I, I was a little bit afraid to ask that question because I knew it was a little bit oh, yeah, well, but... Ask away. Cool. No, that, that's amazing. And I really believe in that, by the way, in terms of community, having, being the mayor, basically, of your town, having someone that you can especially as a product, I'm so interested in that space. I worked with a beer company once and one of the ways that we helped them was I was kind of helping them package something ultimately that created access. That's one of the biggest things that I push in my content and my thing is how can we create some and manufacture some version of access to a company, especially if you're a product because it's harder, right? Because you're not the face of everything. So your product is what it is. Um, and one of the things to do with them was we said, if you bought you know, X amount of cases more than just one, you get access to like a Zoom link that you get once a month and you get to like see what the behind the scenes looks like of making the beer, you know, stirring the hops, all, the, all those different things. And it, it blew up completely. It was one of the, the first ideas that we had discussed in the process. And obviously without giving any details of who they are, but it, that really confirmed for me more than anything that that level of access when done appropriately can make the, the world of a difference in a company, especially a product. So I'm happy that you're kind of down that path. Well, the consumer or the customer feels included. We right. all want to feel included in that community and that our opinion matters. Um, and that's really the angle that we're playing. I've seen some incredibly successful campaigns run through just, you know, groups on Facebook and these founders asking for feedback on their products. And, you know, hey, would, do you want to see how it's made? I mean, there's, God, there's an entire TV show on how it's made. We're fascinated and we want to be included in those processes. Absolutely. I could not agree more. And the, I also think when you're small, right, when you're a smaller brand that isn't fully flourished yet, that's your biggest strength in many ways, right? You think of like the bigger companies like Nike, like as a great example, like we don't see how a shoe's made, you know what I mean? Like we don't see how, the, how an Air Jordan's made. We just kind of get the shoe. And when you're small, you don't have millions of dollars to pour into, you know, marketing dollars one of the best ways you can, you know, formalize that is through providing behind the scenes, providing access, providing things that make people feel included. That's your biggest pull. And, you know, we're seeing a huge pivot over the last few years, especially with social media and these grassroots style campaigns of, you know, guerrilla type marketing like that and raw and real is it not these huge multi-million dollar 
ad campaigns. Don't get me wrong. They definitely still have their place and purpose, but this is the day and age of indie brands that are built off of raw, real, and authentic, not a supermodel doing an ad. It's a mom talking about how a product helped her with X, Y, Z. Um, that's really the reality of it. We've seen Facebook case studies where you spend a fortune, you know, creating this incredible ad set. And then we have one with a mom on a camera phone talking about how great this product was. And the engagement rate on the at-home video is astronomically higher. We are in the land of authenticity and honesty and raw and real. And the brands that have figured that out are doing tremendously well. 100% agree. And I really think it's important to drive this home. I think the reason why that's the case and just one man's opinion is because we've had such a long span of time where the Instagram PRing thing has become so widely, you know, apparent that now we're striving for the other thing. It's like, we're pulling from extremes, which is like what happens in a lot of different facets where we went all in on the yachts and the private jets. And now we're realizing the facades that that is. And we're trying to get away from that because the realness is what's attractive now. So now we're going back to the, you know, iPhone in front. Absolutely. And it's, you know, even back in God, when I started doing my first influencer ads with Skimby 2012, 2013, 14, I saw a tremendous difference when a micro influencer, if you will, a local mom that has a voice in her community or some mega TV star post a product, our conversions were higher on the mom sharing than the mega TV star. So we put all this emphasis on of, oh, we need celebrity back endorsements. Yeah, they're great for brand awareness. But when you start talking about real marketing that converts, it's the authentic voices in those communities that are micro influencers. Couldn't agree more. Could not agree more. So Taylor, listen, one, one of the things that um, I really believe in ultimately is helping learn from other people's lessons, right? In terms of strengths, um, different successes, different failures. If you could put it into just one to two sentences, doesn't have to be detailed. Anything that you could just give as one macro lesson to somebody who's maybe just not even in the same space, but just trying to grow something. Again, that's a big part of our audience. Anything that you would say that you learned that would really speak to someone? Start now. That would be okay. it. Start now. I think we create so many different roadblocks in our minds of, oh, I need to have this X amount of money to do this, or I need, this has to be perfect, this creative. Yes, you know, you absolutely need to put your time and effort behind launching the best product or service to your ability. But I think we get caught in these perfectionism type thought processes and we'll talk ourselves out of starting right now. Start with what you have. If that means you need to work four different jobs to get your product to life, that's what you need to do. Um, and that's, that's my mantra is start now and don't wait and do things the right way. Do things the right way. Always be honest and you'll sleep great at night and build something really incredible. That's amazing. Great advice. Great advice. And even just to confirm it, I think based on that idea of like, if you need to have four jobs, do it. I think where a lot of people get screwed up is they think that the, the journey is supposed to somehow be easier, convenient. The answer is almost always doing something that's aggressive, something that is something like four jobs or needing to move to a different state or you know, something that usually needs to break a mold is why it works. So I'm glad that you kind of said that. Absolutely. Um, you have that kind of work ethic. The capital is going to be attracted to you when you don't want investors, they want to get behind you. And I think so many fail to realize that. 
I think you're 100% right. And I think your experience definitely, definitely tells that to be true. Um, well, listen, this has been an amazing conversation. I think so many people have learned a lot of interesting and things that we have touched on that, is, that have been very common in the entrepreneur world, I think our conversation provided some depth to it that maybe a lot of people haven't heard. And that is more valuable than, than a lot of things. And I think hearing that from two people who are just having a genuine conversation is extremely helpful. So I really appreciate you taking the time out of your day because I know we've connected on LinkedIn. We've been talking a little bit back to back. So I genuinely appreciate you, know, you, you hopping on the show today and having a good conversation. Before we hop off, um, I would love to obviously give any publication or any just word of mouth I possibly can in terms of mood and everything you have going on. So any, any website links or anything, any, anything at all that you'd like, you know, people to look at, I'd love for you to, you know, give them out now. Absolutely. It's moodincorporated.com. We're also on Instagram and social channels, but if you want to check out the product, it is on moodincorporated.com. Took a shot in the dark to make my own lane I think that I'm better go my own way So I didn't Now I'm on my own, yeah I'm on my way Keep my head up till I find my place, yeah I'm on my way